Welcome, everybody. That was good. It was good. That was good. That was good. By everybody, we mean the three people who listen. Thank you for listening. Two and of them are us. With us. I'm saying that to you as one of my listeners. Thank you. It's nice to be here <laughs> in my own home. It's great to be in your own home. It with really me. is. Also in your home. I love when you're in my home. I don't like many people in my home, but you're one of them. Yes, I made it. Um, I additionally don't like people in my home, so I feel you. Um, how's okay. it? How's it going? How's life? How are you? Life is good. Okay, uh, we have a small malfunction. Can you tell me why we've never thought of that before this t- moment? When it's happened to us so many times. I have those everywhere, too. And I just never it thought about just it. just clicked. That, you know what? I honestly might do your setup for the next episode. I kind of like it now. Do it. This might, might, it's like a genius. It's the stroke of genius. You do the same thing kind of over and over again, but tweak it a little every time. And, yeah. And then you have an idea. It's yeah. the power of... Um, Failure. Yeah. I was Trying gonna, again... <laughs> Perseverance. I was say quantity over quality because eventually, after you do so many, there's going to be quality, much like our episodes. Don't worry. But oh, hey, I will say, uh, we have gotten very good at our episodes. I agree. I like this format. It feels like it flows. The amount of editing I do is very low now. Like the last one, I think I just threw on a couple of bumpers and like tweaked maybe one thing, but overall, I was like. Our flow was good. We didn't backtrack too much. We didn't sound crazy too much. I love we didn't that. get lost in our conversation. Lost in the sauce. Yeah. It w- I was like, oh, this is so easy now. We should compliment ourselves more. It feels nice. It's, we should. Yeah. Strokes my ego. You did a great job, Hannah. So did you. I mean, you sang some songs. They weren't good. They were. It was mm. great. I don't remember which song it was in the last episode, but you sang it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Did you get a little buggy in your wine? Oh, cat hair, that's just natural flavor when you're at the <laughs> Kingsbury household. I know, it's just that I wonder how that's going to do for my allergies to cats. It'll actually, it might be like ingesting a small <laughs> amount of venom. Like it might make you Less more, allergic. Yeah, it might make you more... Immune. Yeah. I might become a cat like... Hermione? Exactly. Yeah. I was going to go, but who was before that cat woman when she got gnawed on by cats mm-hmm. and then became one? The dream. <laughs> To be a house cat, but like a rich person's house cat. To just lay in the sun and eat food all day and only be pet under my terms. Isn't that kind of like the Little Mermaid's wish, too? Kind of. She wants to lay on all day on the sand. Haven't yeah. seen that yet. Don't blame her. Wait, it's not out yet, is it? It's not no, out. I feel it's like not. It was out just the trailer. Know. The trailer came out. <clears throat> yeah. How exciting. So exciting. Uh, how are you doing? How's your life? My life is, it's living. I'm living it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it's been good. I got to go to the mountains recently, which is my home. I'm a mountain man. In your heart. Yes. It's your home in your heart. Yes. Uh, it's where I feel the most alive. That makes me sad because I don't want to be there with you, but I want to be with you. But I... I, just I would love there. to take you to the mountains and force you to experience them <laughs> so that you also fall in love with them. Because I think you would. But I've, I've If you were with me. Because they say home is where the heart is. Mm-hmm. Home mm-hmm. is where I am. Yes. Except that I do, I, I lived, I've 
I know the mountains. But not the mountains I'm talking about. I'm talking That's about true. West Mountains. You're I talking about East Mountains. Yeah. I've East Mountains get... North Carolina's not bad. Yeah, they're all It's sketchy. dense. It's a lot of bears. Mm. And it does have Good. a lot... It's a lot cheaper, I would say, than like Western Mountains. Yes. But... But there's no ocean in the West. That's my problem. But I want the perfect crystal, mixture. There are crystal clear lakes that you can swim in. And they're beautiful and gorgeous, and they're not as crowded, and you still get all the benefits. <laughs> I was looking at this one Instagram, and I thought about you. I almost, I meant to send it to you, but I didn't for whatever reason, because it was all these like cool places that you should go in the U.S. And one of them was the salt, like a salt whatever mm-hmm. in U- the salt flats in Utah. Yep, or something like that. It seemed like a lot of this shit was in Utah, and I was like, well, no one goes there because it's know, hot Mormons. as fuck. Oh, we went oh. different directions. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of I've been to Utah once a lot same. of Mormons but it was gorgeous same. it was and I was there in the winter though so oh. it was more snow related than I was than there for work so I was I was also there for, work. for maybe five seconds did you go to that event no I went um mm-hmm. I was like I don't think you worked do there, you remember though. when our boss took a vacation out there <laughs> and I there was I also, didn't know it was to Utah yeah there was like a random meeting on the end of it mm. and so it was like a work trip but also he had a couple days where like it wasn't a work trip mm. there were actually three meetings while we were out there Oof. so it was a little bit of play a little bit of work but oh. it was dead of winter it was so cold and we did not pack properly sounds about right yeah sounds about right um should we do book nook yeah what you been reading girl um, I've taken a break from the magicians mainly because the timeline is so confusing in comparison to the show and it's now reinforced why I have to read the book or I have to read the book before I watch the show. Otherwise I just, it's hard for me to get through it. Um, because not only is the timeline and every like detail off, but like the first I don't know, maybe Chester. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first, the first season, it, it's just it's just all fucked up, and I'm struggling to get through it. Regardless, so um, I took a pause from that and started reading. <laughs> Chester, just being the cutest. We're just um, in the middle of a cat attack. Sorry, I started reading King of Scars, which is the next book in the Grisha verse by Leah Bordeaux. I'm hope I hope I'm saying that right. Um, so it's it basically the continuation after Shadow and Bone trilogy and then Six of Crows duology. Which it's was like so the good. follow-up. So you get characters from both series. Interesting. And then some new ones. I'm just, <clears throat> obviously we're not reading that one. I'm just very sad that they killed off Mathis. I know. I mean, like, it, that it was brought up in the very beginning, too. I think that that was... Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sorry if you haven't <laughs> read it. But it's just... I just don't feel like it was necessary. It wasn't. And I was like, if there was anyone you were going to kill off, there was there was just like other people that weren't really worth the time or space. And like their love story was so good. The character development in it uh, on both sides was so good. It was it was like watching true like real people develop mentally and emotionally going from complete hatred to like full-blown love to yeah. like understanding and breaking down barriers of but like this racial is, tension have, are you fucking kidding me? i am very in the beginning of this book 
motherfucker. He just wants a sip of wine. Um, I'm very in the beginning of this book, but I do have this weird hunch that they're going to somehow bring him back to life. How? I don't know. It's There's magic. Ne- that would be necromancy, because I think they mentioned that in that book, too. For sure. But and I just don't know if they would do just, that. Just trust me. I feel like there's a way. Well, I... It's not that because I don't they trust keep you. bringing him up in the book. Yeah, because like we're can, all mad about it. Yeah, but like, why continue to harp on him so much? Because everyone loved him. I'm talking most. chapters where he's brought up. Like, good. It sounds like she has the same problem as me. Is like hyperfixation on something that shouldn't have happened. Except she did it to us. I know, K- girl. Regrets. We gotta talk to you um, next. So that that's pretty much it. I've been reading on the nonfiction side. Yeah, what you've been reading? Uh, the Mountain is You. Still on that one. Yeah, I'm taking it real slow. I think <laughs> I have to with it's those small books. Book. Well, if you just like read through it, you don't really internalize it. Yeah, like you can end up just being like, oh yeah, I read that. But I'm just taking it like literal chapter by chapter. So that's it. What are you reading? Uh, if we count reading as listening, I'm doing the most. Okay. If what are you listening to? And we do well, count reading as listening. Thank God, because sometimes I just don't have time to read the real books. Um, and I'm just really, 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 really stuck on the fact that I want Crescent City Book 3 to come out. So, um, obviously, I just re-listened, well, I listened to all of Crescent City and um, House of Sky and Breath back-to-back, which is a lot if, you, uh, if you've seen those books. I mean, those are multiple, like, what, 700 pages each. And I'm not mad about it. I actually just restarted Shadow, <laughs> not Shadow and Bone, uh, House of Sky and Breath again because I'm like, oh, I need to go back and get some there's more details. There's so much that happens in those books. It's so, I mean. Like, there's so more detailed than anything she's ever written. It's so much information. And there's just so much correlation. I can't tell you. I literally had to FaceTime you the other night right before I got to, like, the last, it was, like, the last two minutes of the chapter when this big reveal happens. And I almost did the same thing again, which was jump out of my bed and scream really loud. Um, but instead, I just FaceTimed you. And I mean, about I get it. so happy when I think about it. <laughs> I, I, do, I do want to announce to everyone that if you're really along for this ride, when the third book comes out, we mm. will be pausing whatever we're doing here. And we'll be dissecting that book in like... Real time, real time as we read it. Yeah, so there won't be any like rereading and us already knowing what happens. It'll be a true like we have no idea where this is going in us. And we will speculate wildly. We wildly. Sure will. Um, so that's really all I've been doing because I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just keep redoing the same stuff over and over again. Um, and then nonfiction, I actually just started, funny enough, listening to After the Rain by Alex L. Well, that's sh- a good one. It is good. Uh, well, it's funny because uh, she last time she was at an event that we were at and I was talking to her and she's like, you should really like read my next like my last book before this one comes out. And I was like, yeah, well, everyone plugs themselves. But I really like her. So I was like, OK, I'll go listen to it. So I get I'm like listening to it and I get to this chapter where she's talking about where she's from. And I didn't realize we're from a very similar area. Um, we're like very close to the same age so I'm like holy shit she was in Richmond when I was there so it's listening to this book and seeing her development at a much younger age than me and I was like man this woman figured out so much more than me (laughs) so much sooner in life um so I'm like halfway jealous but also like I'm like this is really inspiring and I really love this and it's also just hilarious listening to this going I know exactly where she's talking about 
Does she do the audiobook herself? She does. I love that. She does. I love when authors do that. Yeah. That's my probably my biggest qualm with the Throne of Glass series on Audible because A, they switch the speakers. Like I the don't think I've listened to Throne of Glass. Sorry, I misspoke. To Court of Thorn and Roses. Oh. They mm. They, which I need to go back to Throne of Glass. I haven't reread that series in a long time. You know, same. I might listen to that. Whole I think next. it doesn't matter. But it, what frustrates me the most is that on Audible, it's not the same speaker every time, like the same reader. And it changes. And then the girl who does, no shame to her. She's just not my cup of tea. But the girl who does Silver Flame literally makes me want to run into oncoming traffic. It's just not. She does not read it right. Well... It makes me hate Nesta either way. I know, so it, but it, it kind of like, does the job, but I get what you're saying. It's I didn't already love frustrating. It. And yeah. it's like, okay, stick with the first girl because if that's who we're listening to and that's who we're used now. to, and then you switch it up, and then I'm like, who's this bitch? That's this doesn't fuck. sound like Feyre at all. Do you know who, uh, in my opinion, is so f- by far, so far, by far the best uh, speaker, reader, whatever, is the woman who does the crescent city series i think it's the same woman who does both and she does voices but not like weird lame ones like i literally feel like i'm listening to different people but not like the cast one oh, she's okay. like very good at it okay I'll and have like to listen to it i haven't gotten there yet i'm literally still trying to get through silver flame i just on audible because just moved on. it's just very frustrating yeah i did um accidentally well i don't it's not an accident i did it intentionally i ordered the barnes and noble a uh, special edition of Silver Flame, but I did it so long ago when it was like a pre-order that I totally forgot about it. And then I get this card or this charge on my card. It was like, you ordered this thing from Barnes and Noble. I was like sitting at work going, no, I didn't. I know all the things I buy online and this was not it. And then I had to like look at it. I was like, oh shit, totally forgot about this. It was months ago. Have you gotten it? I got it. And it's just the same paperback in black. <laughs> it's got a black cover. I wish I had Silver Flame in paperback. When I bought it, all you could buy was hardback. Oh, yeah, I guess that is true. So it's a paperback? Mm-hmm. But there also is some orange version, paperback version yeah, out it, that I've heard of. Yeah, you just couldn't find it. Correct. Like, they yes. redesigned it and to mm-hmm. look more like the first four, and you just couldn't find it anywhere. Well, someone's got it somewhere because they referenced it. Um, it just annoys me because I have all of them in soft cover and then just one hard cover oh my, my ocd it. It, stop oh okay. i can just feel it burning a hole in the back of my head right now hmm. um so yeah uh i did do something fun that i sent to you or maybe i need to airdrop it to you since i'm here still um recently sarah J did a talk with this other author and i'm gonna just say i'm so sorry now because i don't remember that girl's name or what she writes. And I'm very sorry because I was really just focused on the information that was coming out of Sarah's mouth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did this live talk. It was presented by some random symphony house in like the Northeast. Couldn't maybe Pennsylvania. I don't know. But they were doing it virtually. So it was like an interview at her house. So I was like, oh, this is okay. I mean, I get it. Uh, I wonder how much money who's making off of this because I'm confused about the logistics but cool Um, but it was a really good interview just about Sarah and and it's nice that we're it'll tie in really well with where we're going in the book because we're starting back at chapter 29 Uh, 
which I won't give away anything because you're going to say it when we get there, but there is more of the, the family involved moving forward from this point on. Um, and she's talking a lot. Sarah talks a lot in this interview, which was really good. It was probably about an hour long about how she identifies a lot with Nesta more than more than some of them. And you would think like in your mind, you're like, oh, I, yeah, she has to identify with Farah, And, you know, she talks about Resand, and obviously he seems to look similar to her husband based off what we found off creeping on the Internet, i.e. me. True. I'm just saying we see where she got her muse. Mm hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really interesting to hear her say that she was identifying more with that. And it seems like she struggles more, um, like with mental health, like she doesn't struggle with it, but I think it's like a pain point for her as with all of us. Um, and she's also around the same age as me too. So I'm like, oh, I get it. And also what was she going through? I have questions. No one asked her that because I wasn't on the interview or I would have been like, oh my God, let's unpack that. What happened? (laughs) How are you feeling now? Um, which honestly kind of made me feel better because sometimes I read parts of Nesta and go, oh my God, I think I'm kind of like her. Now I don't think I'm all the way that bad, but like (laughs) I have moments where I'm like, Ooh, I'm too But she like goes off the deep end because she succumbs to like her, her nature Mm -hmm. instead of healing and well, let's start at this because i have a very good um at least question Mm -hmm. to pose to you when we get to a very Mm -hmm. specific part and i I think think i already know what you're talking about maybe maybe not um okay we can get started i'm ready either way go listen to that interview if it still exists somewhere again i don't i don't know who said it or did it i don't remember the lady i just know that she's a romance writer too i do want to say that in the interview they were talking about uh, the series being finished or not. And she was very, like, obviously tongue-in-cheek. She was like, well, it's over, technically, but is it? And then gave this weird look at the camera, and you go, oh, my God. I feel like that means it's not done. And she was very just, like, open about the fact that she doesn't think that she'll ever be truly done with the with the whole um she, she won't be done with the series for a really long time. And that's for like Crescent City where she it. said there's only three books, but there's four houses and then looked at the camera weird again. Like, I believe it. Mm. Uh, so it's just, it was a good interview and it was a lot of questionable stuff. Anyways, do you want to, we're, we're covering chapters 29 and 30. And 30 in this episode, since mm-hmm. we've now talked for 25 minutes. No worries. It's okay. I'll cut out a lot of that. Yeah. I think a lot of it was us getting ready, too. That's fair. Um, I was looking at So, thing. yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna kick us off with chapter 29. Well, Leah just burped, but not into the well, I was going to do microphone. the microphone, but I didn't want to ruin it for you. It's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are Go you ready? It. I'm ready. Okay. So, one one small fact, if you're okay with me. Um, Are you going to narrate your thoughts? Because I love that. No, I'm just asking for your permission. You got it. One small fact I noticed about chapter 29 and chapter 30 is that 29 is all about Elaine and 30 is all about Nesta. Oh, that's fun. I did not even pay attention to that. Yeah, because, and now I'll get into chapter 29. It's basically Farah's returned home and these two chapters are all about her like assimilating back into her life. Um, at her family's estate now that 
Tamlin gave her the boot <laughs> in the nicest way possible. <laughs> Um, so Farah is now very wealthy thanks to Tamlin sending her home with like literal trunks full of jewels. Thanks, bro. Uncut gems was all I could think of. Literally just (laughs) raw gems. Yeah. Jewels. Um, But she also notices like the other things that Tamlin did to provide for her family while she was gone. Mm -hmm. One of those being that like a mysterious man showed up and was like, here's a salve or whatever that'll fix your dad's leg. So it's like little things like that that show how much Tamlin went out of his way to, aw, Diego's being the cutest. Um, Little things that Tamlin did to go out of his way to like make sure that her family wasn't just taken care of, but like excelling and thriving in life. Um, So it's cute. It shows how much he cares. And then... um, Pharaoh mentions like that she's uninterested in painting and she's sort of unsure about how she's supposed to spend all of this free time that she has. Sounds like depression. Because, you know, she's not, they're rich now, so she doesn't have to go hunt. She doesn't have to spend all of her time doing everything right. like to provide for her family. So she decides to join Elaine in the garden. <coughs> she just out there hoeing. Just hoeing around the garden. Um, and basically the whole chapter is basically them chatting. It is. And they chat about travel, how, like, they want to see the world together, about the socialite scene and how Elaine's not, she sort of brushes off the subject of why she's not that interested in the socialite scene um, or participating in the season. And part of that is due to the fact that when they did get back into, into, like, everyday life and start participating, the villagers around them sort of acted like they'd just been gone for eight years and just like magically returned not that they were like down the street literally starving to death um there were a couple of towns over calm down but still like (laughs) they didn't just like go on a trip for eight years and then come home (laughs) like they were very everyone very much knew that their social status changed yeah um but no one ever really acknowledges that and obviously due to the glamour and then they talk about how nesta went to go see feyre um and then like Nesta apparently her carriage had broken down and that's why she never made it. That's what um so she told Elaine. Elaine tells Farah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so out of breath talking. <laughs> it's a lot of work, I know. Um but the main thing is like Farah just sort of elaborates on what she notices about Elaine and that she's really come alive since she last saw her in the cottage. And that the years of poverty hadn't stripped away her light, which I thought was really sweet of her to say. Oh, we had different thoughts on that. (laughs) I was like, the fuck? I know. I feel like there's a lot of people who don't have an aggressive amount of money who still have... (laughs) You need to go get that off my cat's head immediately. It's not on his head, it's on his leg. Can. That was the funniest thing I've seen. Technically, I feel like he should have to get himself out because he did this. Everyone knows not to leave bags around cats. I didn't leave it around the cat. It was like in a. Yeah. Okay, look, ready? <laughs> What's he doing? So, Chester just literally freaked out, ran across my apartment. Because he'd gotten himself stuck in a reusable grocery bag. He was wearing it like a dress. 
That's so cute. It wasn't cute. It was <laughs> okay, we're back. So sorry. And we're back. Um, so basically, she Vera just reflects on how her and Elaine saw the cottage so differently, which I actually really enjoyed <clears throat> that, that last little ending of the chapter. Um, where Farah saw the cottage as a prison, Elaine saw it as a shelter. And I thought it just really showed how your perspective is your reality. Oh my God. <laughs> can I just, can I just literally, my bullet point number eight, perception is reality. It's true. And then I said more words from there. Yeah. Ah, look at us. Um, so that's my, that's my synopsis. If we want to dig in, like, like we said, these are pretty short chapters, so there's not a ton of meat to them, but well, I have a really good one that I was like, please share. It took me reading this a billion times for this to sink the fuck in, but I went, <gasps> I want to go. <gasps> yeah. Well, so in the very beginning of the chapter, uh, our girl Farah is explaining what she was doing and inventing all these stories. Uh, of how she was taking care of Aunt, Aunt Ripley. Mm-hmm. And she said it was it was very easy. She basically had very little effort. And the first thing she said that she did was, I read to her daily. Bitch can't read. Exactly. And then later in the chapter when Elaine's like, Sh- we wrote you every day or whatever. Or sorry, that was like the last chapter, wasn't it? Wherever she's like, we wrote you every day. And then Farrah's like, well, was she just so removed that she doesn't realize that I couldn't even read? And I'm like, you didn't tell her that you learned to read. So, like, how is she supposed to know if you're over here saying, I read to this bitch every day? So, um, that was the first thing that caught my eye. Because I'm like, either way, yes. uh, it really blew my mind when I registered that that's a good, fully. That's a good uh, Com- catch. Com- but leave it. Uh, I will say, I don't know why it hit me in this chapter. Because it hasn't shifted, but I just had, like, a re-emerging appreciation for Sarah's um, descriptive, like, her, mm-hmm. her descriptive nature. Like, just the way she's describing Elaine, and she's like, oh, her, like, cheeks flushed under her floppy-brimmed hat. I don't she didn't say those exact words, because it <laughs> didn't sound that dumb. Um, but I was just reading it, and I was like, oh, I really like the way, th- oh, what did she say? Yeah, to not be cliche, she, she knows how to paint a scene. She does. Yeah. Her cheeks were flushed beneath her large floppy hat. Oh, you were close. I was very close um, because I have read it an aggressive amount of times. But I do. I was just like, you know, it's it's good. It's nice to see that and remember that you almost get lost in the writing where you you start to see the scenes mm-hmm. and you forget the words. And you're like, wait, this like a person is literally creating this for you. Or at least giving you the guide rails to it's such great appreciation. <laughs> I love that. You should journal about it. I don't like this game. Why? It's not a game. It's life. Uh, I really just like how Vera sort of has a different, uh, not to use the same word as you did, but appreciation for Elaine. Like, in yeah. a lot of ways, she thought she was dumb and useless. In a lot of ways, she is dumb and useless. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they're, like if you take it all the way back, like, her dad even says, like, she has hope like you have to let them have hope and that is really what like keeps elaine's demeanor so cheery and bright throughout the whole thing is like she has hope and because of that she didn't turn bitter or cold and she's just this warm person to be around yeah Um, and she sort of blossomed in this new life 
Well, that's a double entendre because she likes to garden. Yeah. Is that the correct use of double entendre? I believe so. Yes. Thank you. That's now, I've agreed uh, to things that you've said before and I've been wrong. So <laughs> I don't know for sure. I do feel as though that is a double entendre. I don't believe it has to be sexual. So I'm okay. going to continue to agree with you. Thank you. But, you know, um, begrudgingly. Okay. okay. Or no, what is it? Hesitantly. Hesitantly. I don't okay. begrudge you. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> hesitant like, to agree. Aggressive. Uh, but that has more to do with my belief in myself uh, and in you mm-hmm. than with the facts. Uh, but to your point on that one, full circle, is I was thinking they really did go from riches to rags to riches. We love to see it. <laughs> and uh, for Elaine, it almost seemed like the whole time, she, the the nice way that you keep saying is that she remained consistently hopeful and she was a consistent in her personality. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, but also just kind of seemed like she was oblivious or she was just really okay with making the best of any situation because she says at one point in this chapter that she's like um being around all of these people actually kind of makes me miss the cottage and the closeness that we were there and I'm like yeah she was probably tired of fake bitches and not having yeah, to deal with I don't them think she's as bl- as oblivious as she's like originally painted to be like I do she's think not. she's just kind of dumb and and ditzy like that's just you know people like that but maybe we're just haters and she's just like Un, unaboundedly um, optimistic optimistic i feel that and it finds like the good and the joy in things and i'm like oh maybe this is why i, I cannot mean, identify but that's you a classic you gardener they how find- do you know that <laughs> what i'm not a gardener i'm mm. not optimistic same i literally kill things i've killed I an airplane joy in little things like that i don't know it just feels like gardening goes with that personality. Oh, you did just make that. Okay, yeah. I was like, how is that no, a thing? No, that's not like a factual science-based statement. It felt very, very It's because I said it with such conviction. You really did. Um, you did. But no, I like, I mean, Farah says, I knew which one of us had been stronger, like saying Elaine had been stronger than God. her. And I kind of disagree, but also like... <laughs> yeah, she hadn't been stronger. That bitch would have fucking. I'm so sorry. She would have definitely died of starvation. Yeah, her hope did not do that. That was like no, but like hope is what keeps you, like, it's what allows you to enjoy where you are in life. I think. Yeah, I don't know. No, but that's all. That it's just a nice little sisterly moment. I think it is. It is, and um, that moment continues in chapter thirty. Well. I have a few more things on 29. Oh, okay. Because, Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Didn't you're mean good. To There's not a lot in here, but there was some uh, some things where I was like, this is um, an interesting theme. So the perception is reality thing kind of got me. And I was like, you know, it is interesting. You see that she goes to the cabin and is like, this was my, like, I hate this place. It was this small, impoverished, like That's holding me down. 30. No, it's the last thing that she says in 29. Where's she's like, I look at, I looked at it with hatred. Yes, I thought you meant about when she actually goes back to the cottage. No, Sorry. no, no, just like how how she looks at the cottages with Correct. hatred and disdain. Yes, but um, but Elaine is looking at it with all this like she loved it and it was ho- or, like she found the good in it, and I was like, oh, a shelter. She saw it as a shelter from a world that had possessed so little good. Yeah, and 
for Feyre, she's like, oh, I, I just hate it. I just hated it. There was nothing about it that I enjoyed. Um, but then she goes from going to, it's, it's just the idea of perception as reality as a whole, where she goes to the spring court, sees it as a prison, and is held in there, and it's this dark, scary place. And then slowly her perception shifts, and she's like, I love this person and I'm going to bang him. And can I add on to that idea? Add all the way on. You might cringe a little when I I add on to it. Um, but it's a good reminder that like, um, escapism isn't going to solve your problems. So like seeing the cottage as a prison, she changed her entire surroundings and she still saw it as a prison just in a different way. So it shows like when we try to run from our problems, right? Maybe it our problems tend to follow us because the problems aren't the external world. The problems are our internal world. Yeah. Now, granted, there are some extenuating circumstances where for like, sure this is also no money, a, a fiction book and <laughs> yeah. based on fantasy. Absolutely. But it's just a, a reminder that like, you know, yeah. you can try to run, but you they can. will always, yeah, they'll you, you you, work on you. catch up to you gotta work on you now the one other thing that happened in this chapter that made me just take a big note circle it highlight it because it's gonna be consistent it's about nesta Mm -hmm. and elaine literally says can you talk to her Feyre?" because nesta is such a b i'm just gonna say it she's such a bitch she's such a bitch she is not nice she's elaine literally said she hardly talks to any the they ended the season they're Socialite season, yeah, the marriage season, whatever. Think of Bridgerton, literally. I was like, that's so odd. The the some of the normalities that she weaves in from other like past old timey cultures. Like, I think this is supposed to be like an old timey culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, but (laughs) yeah, it is. Um, it's just you know she has to pull from somewhere, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she says Nesta didn't finish the season. She wouldn't tell me why. She began refusing every invitation. She hardly talks to anyone. And I feel wretched when my friends pay a visit because she makes them so uncomfortable when she stares at them in that way of hers. Maybe you could talk to her. And this is. <laughs> I love Feyre's response to this, though. Uh, I think she said. It's what? just her thought before. <laughs> she just said, what? Yeah. Well, her thought before is. um. Um, pause. Oh, yeah, yeah. I contemplated telling Elaine that Nessa and I hadn't had a civil conversation in years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just, I'm just making this, I kind of want to spoiler alert it, but like, we already knew there's five books. Silver Flame highlights Nesta the most. It's very, like, she it's is It's also the point. largest fucking book, and it pisses me off. And she is the focal point for that story, and in that book we will get to it one day eventually and i'm going to spoiler alert this one they she's just being this horrible fucking person as a whole she's consistent throughout the entire series yes but in that that book they they make this excuse well like we've been through all these things there's so much trauma let her be who she is like bitch she was horrible before all this shit happened exactly i was like and this is this is the first beginning part of it like she's been a bitch since day one like what about her there's this one other part in this chapter where she's she's talking maybe it's the next chapter it's probably the next one i'm gonna stop talking then uh we'll get to it when we do but (laughs) 
Either but I'm way, just like, yeah, she's, no, I mean, she's, she's just consistently a bitch and it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't, well, it shows how like you make excuses for the people that you care about and you try to justify their behavior. Oh my God. I love that. You really do. Like, mm-hmm. and not, 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 I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like it happens. Yeah. And they're, f- they're trying to find ways to justify the way she's acting. Like if you take it all the way to silver flame, they're just trying to find ways to justify her yeah. attitude. Yeah. And like, oh, well, this is why. And it, it obviously gets to a point where it's like, no more. Like, yeah, unacceptable. either grow the fuck up or get the fuck out. Like, mm-hmm. very true. So, all right. But well, we can go back uh, or move along to 30, chapter 30, which is all about Nesta. It is about Nesta. And this is uh, my thoughts will continue into this one <laughs> about how much of a bitch she is. Okay, I'm listening. My attention is yours. In this chapter, Farah does this like hyper philanthropic philanthropic service of hers altruistic whatever pick a word oh, robin hood well technically she I didn't yeah, I no, mm-hmm, yeah. never mind i like to cut that out no just don't. cut that i like that i like it was it. wrong it wasn't wrong it was the right it was the right place of heart she's taking money from the rich herself giving Can't it to the technically yeah, true does. giving it to the poor she got that bag she, she got, got many bags <laughs> So, yeah, so she does her service. She gives away a bunch of uh, all of her cash. Not all of it. I mean, she literally said she had so much money that she invested some. She she hid some, whatever. And then she just said, give me some bags. I'm going to go out and hit the streets. Um, so she does that. And when she's going back from wherever their new castle is or whatever largest state where they live is, she's walking back to their old village. So through the village and back to their old cottage, just to, I guess, go in my mind, two pocket, leave money in people's little mailboxes and stuff. Um, she over, <laughs> she sees Nessa's old fiance and hears about a house that's burned down that they were um, seeing if there was anything to loot. I thought was his name was Thomas Mandre or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has a very brief and very like, calm interaction with her former lover slash friend Isaac mm-hmm. oh yeah and his new wife mm-hmm. boy got hitched um in my mind it's more of like this distant respect and nod to like we respected what we had but I'm like very happy from for you from afar mm-hmm. um and I like that about that interaction mm-hmm. there was no real interaction it was just like eyes um it was just like kind of in my mind one of the first times she's pretty selfless about it mm-hmm. it wasn't like all about me uh we learned hamlin's glamour did not work on nesta um we sure did that all this time she had hoped and wondered if her family cared we find out nesta did and that nesta went to go find her which i think is cute it's so cute it is cute um and then farah tells nesta uh, like the full story of her leaving and her time in Prithium. And they have this, you know, they find their mutual respect and love for each other and Farrah teaches her how to paint. And then I end on why is Nesta so angry and hostile towards their father and everyone all the time still. And that's my high level overview of chapter 30. I love that. Well, taking it from the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just when she does run into Thomas Mandre, who, if you remember, that's who, like, Nesta was all infatuated with. 
she was uh, gonna get engaged to him yeah they were all about it um and he's with his cronies yeah and they're chatting about this house that burned down like a week ago with the whole family inside and i just wrote remember that i won't ruin it because we'll literally talk about it in the next episode yeah um but just remember that it's a good good little uh small detail that comes back up yeah can i uh, can i add to that of that course has to do with that interaction i'm mm-hmm. so sorry my ass just i, was that. I know i wasn't I know. gonna say anything i you saw your whole it. face i it saw just it just hurt my ears i'm sorry uh so she literally says this part and then goes this is the exact phrasing Thomas Mandre and his cronies lurking by the village fountain, chatting about some house that had burned down with his family trapped inside a week before. Uh, and whether there was anything to loot from it. He gave me a too long look, his eyes roving freely over my body with a half smile I'd seen him give to the village girls a hundred times. Why had Nessa changed her mind? Question mark. I don't know. Maybe it was that sentence before. I read that <laughs> as like sarcastic. Oh, I didn't. I think in my mind, she literally just didn't get it. And in my mind, before that, it's just that no shit. It's because he seems like a low-key creep who hits on everyone Mm -hmm. and does objectifies everyone. Mm -hmm. And like she said, it's with all the girls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So maybe that's why she had changed her mind. Yeah. She doesn't seem very sarcastic as a person. That's true. Which is the only reason I'm I didn't take it. I'm sarcastic, so I took it. Same. <laughs> I mean, same. Um, uh, so I just thought that was very funny yeah. in the same breath. She feel like pointed she out why and then asked I mean, that's why. not Nesta's reason that she gives. Yeah. But it does make the most sense to me. Yeah. He's scummy. Yeah, he's gross. Um, and then she, she moves on to see Isaac Hale. And like cute interaction i love it it's so grown up and mature the one thing i will point out is that she does describe um isaac's wife as a plump young woman as if that's a compliment and i just want everyone to know if anyone ever called me plump i'd probably cry because i think plump i think like a little chubby like they the eaten's good you know which in that time thick means i know like in that time like it was good yeah. You think plump was like thick with two C's now? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm plump. <laughs> <laughs> I Cue just the think, tears. That's so upsetting. No, I just don't think that one, she sounds young because you have a lot more baby fat. Not you in general, but just like people in general. And they were young. You have to remember they're 19 years old. For sure. So all of so them still had. I was when I was 19. Okay, well I, was, well, I wasn't 19, but only for a little bit because... I was very plump before that, but not even in a cute, thick way, in just like a, a plump way. Yeah. And that I just was think 18. plump, you... I think swollen. And like, she just kind of ate too much. No, she's just, you know, um, I don't know. She was just thick. That, that was the old time way it. to say okay, thick, I okay, think. Okay, that's fine. I, I'll accept it. I don't want to, Could but you, I'll accept Would you it. have rather her said she had a round face? Oh my god, you're saying I have a round face? No, I'm just saying that's I do, though. My face is literally round. That's my face shape. That's actually not true at all. Oval? No, you have a very heart-shaped face. Are you high? I don't think I have heart-shaped face. I need to talk to a professional. Yeah, you do. You have a great-shaped face. 
thank you. Very angular jaw. I wasn't saying like a, a oval shape was bad. It's just I thought. Yeah, I, I have I an was, oval shaped face. Let's I always just rub I it had, in. I always thought I had a round face. You absolutely do not have a round face. Like mm. not even a little bit. I need to go see a doctor. Therapist maybe? No, I just want to ask. Uh, you can like just I, ask Barrett. She'll tell you. Okay. Barrett, if you're listening, could you get back to me within yeah. three to five business days? Of this release, which could be in months. So. <laughs> She um, might text you before then. I probably picture will. Her face I'm and probably go, what shape is my face? And as soon as we talk. <laughs> um, also, Nessa says some really fucked up things in this this chapter. But when does she not? I, Every time she opens her mouth, it's <laughs> stupid. I know. But she literally... The uh, way their whole conversation starts is so rude. Which conversation? Which one are you talking about? The gardening? Yeah, what page literally. Are you on? 263? on 263. It's literally how their entire <laughs> conversation starts. Okay, let go me set the scene for, for you. Please set us, set us up, girl. She, Feyre, she's out in the garden because she literally has no purpose in life. She doesn't want to paint. She doesn't know how to spend her time. She's depressed. It's fair. I get it. But at the same time, she's out there just hoeing away. Dick, dick, dick. Yep, just working, working the ground. <laughs> doing Soil. stuff i don't even really know what she's doing I don't know. but she for some reason glances at her hands clutching the top of the shovel calloused and flecked with scars arcs of dirt under my nails they'd surely be horrified when they beheld me splattered with paint talking about the servants oh, whatever so sad. but like what? she's so i mean i guess when you're like in the upper echelon Echelon of society, like you're supposed to not have scarred skin. So I get it. Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> but all right. It shows you can make it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Nesta, out of nowhere, they weren't <laughs> talking previously. They weren't even standing they next to each other. Nesta just happens to be watching Feyre look at her hands. And Nesta comes up from behind, which is already threatening. <laughs> And goes, even if you wash them, there'd be no hiding it. Oh, God. To fit in, you'd have to wear gloves and never take them off. What a bitch. I would immediately punch her in the fucking throat. I would just take my glove and that backhand shovel, her. You know that shovel I was holding? <laughs> smack. Smack, smack. Yeah. Then I'm going to dig your grave and bury you in it. Because oh that was God. so unnecessary. It was so fucking rude. So rude. Nesta is so rude. Been rude since day one. I don't even care. Like... We'll get into it later when even it, when you get into Silver no, Flames, you I, find I'm all these I'm going to keep reasons. this going. Through every single book, I'm going to tell you how much I hate her. It's just she has no reason to be this rude. She's like, my mother she raised has, me to be this way. Bitch, that was also a choice. She a has point. no redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. None. None. Uh, I mean. None. Now, at the end of Silver Flame. None. She, she is redeemed. Some people's journeys just takes a lot, a lot longer to get. But I do find it interesting that um, she likens her to a high fae. Mm-hmm. She was beautiful, imperious, still as one of the high fae. Mm. Wink, wink. Wink. Wink, wink. Uh, but I also do, uh, this is something I just don't understand. What? Where fair is like, you know, maybe I just won't fit in. And then Ness is like, then why are you bothering to stay here? And... Then Fair was like, well, this is my home, isn't it? And Fair was like, uh, no, it's not. And I don't understand her logic. Like, I, if I keep going further where, where she's like, I think your home's somewhere else farther away, uh, I just go, 
but you're still her family and you only have all this house and all these riches because of her like I think it can be her home for sure I think Nessa's just being passive aggressive because she's being lied to and she's knows she's being lied to and she doesn't know how to address it like it's passive I think it's just aggressive Yes, it's just aggressive. Much passiveness. There. But yeah, she's like, I think your home is somewhere very, very far away, and that's a leading, that's a leading statement to be like, I know, bitch. Yeah, I that's know. true. That's true. And we, this is where we do find out that, uh, you know, she says your beast little trick didn't work on me. Yeah, the glamour didn't work, which is really big deal, honestly. That mm-hmm. g- like a fairy's glamour did not work on a human person, mm-hmm. uh, and she's Sarah's made this great strides to show how strong and different and completely outside of mm-hmm. normal people maybe slightly has asperger's unclear at this time uh outside of the realm of the average person mm-hmm. um and she's like can steal her mind and just wall her mind against everything including a fairy's glamour as a human yeah uh, which is pretty, it's a pretty big deal. And it's a good thing to take note of. Mm, noted. Thank you. Good, good. Um, I know I just said she has no redeeming qualities. <laughs> but I lied. <laughs> because. Hey, she, I'm glad you can admit that you've you. changed your mind. Yeah. Because it's okay to change yeah. your mind. I'm better than Nesta. Oh. <laughs> um, yes, you are. But. I love that she was the one that, I mean, granted, she's the one that went after Pharaoh because she was the one that the glamour didn't work on, but also she cared enough to, to go well, in the first place, which I think is, it's really sweet, and it does show that underneath the hard steel wall that she puts up to the world and this, like, mean exterior that she tries to front and scare away everyone with, yeah. she is really caring underneath. Well... Yes. Yes. Because I do agree. Ma? I agree with you. Uh, she literally, she literally says it wasn't right. Yeah. Uh, because Pharaoh was like, wait, you did that for me? And she, like, it's almost like, yes, it is love, but it's almost this harsh sense of um, justice. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. It just wasn't right. Yeah. It wasn't because I love you or I miss you because she goes on to just say shitty stuff just thereafter. Be like, yeah, anyone would do that. It's not right. Like it wasn't the right thing to do, whatever. Right. It wasn't As right in not to go. taking her away and yeah. yeah. But it's like it it wires back in cuz I think Nesta and Feyre both don't like their dad. Nesta's much more on the far end of that spectrum yeah. than Feyre. Yeah. Like Feyre's more in the middle. Elaine's on the I love you. Feyre's in the middle. Nesta's on the I hate you. Um, yeah. But it like wires back into Feyre being like, oh, like, because you remember she saw her dad when she saw, um, what was that? The Naga? The Bog. Uh, Bogey? The, the, the Bog. 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 It was the Bog. Bog. Right? You all know what we're talking about. The Bogart. No, wait. Bogart. No. Yeah, because Bogart was the one. Remember, I compared it to Harry Potter. Yes, but is it called a Bogart? It's no. called a Bogart in Harry Potter, not, yeah. not so in this one. So maybe the bog. The, the bog. The, y'all know. Just, I don't want to look it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's who she sees come after her. And then mm-hmm. she's like, why would my dad come after me? He has his mangled leg. And it. it yeah. she even realizes it here. She's like, my father wouldn't have come after me. Like, he would have 
he doesn't possess the courage, the anger, because that's what Nesta has. Like, anger is her driving force. It's, yeah. like, what Rage. propels her through life. Rage. And so it's, like, her father mm. doesn't have that, but Nesta has the, that's not right. Fuck you. I'm going to make it right, so I'm going to go after and get my sister back. Like, not necessarily out of love, but more out of, like, the loyalty that she's her sister. Yeah. I mean, she she even says... This this is where she oddly takes the moment to ask what happened with Thomas Mandre. Yeah. And Nessa said, I realized he wouldn't have gone with me to save you from Prithian. And for her, with that raging, unrelenting heart, it would have been a line in the sand. Which I don't understand that phrase. Um, because a line in the sand sounds like it's not that big a deal because sand is easily jostled and no, the line easily relates. No, that's, that's like an old axiom. It, it truly, it, you draw a line in the sand. If you, you cross know, it, then it's I like game it, on. But like, I also don't get it at the same time because one wave and that, that line's gone. Oh, yeah, but that's just like an old adage. Okay. It's a line. I'll just draw a line in the sand. Let it go. Uh, <laughs> let it go. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I mean. But she still, so she goes through all, the, the thing that's funny about it is that she goes through this whole uh, emotional roller coaster of going, oh my God, she loved me and I understand her and this is great. And then at the end of the conversation, Nessa just orders her, now tell me what happened. It was an order. It wasn't a request. It wasn't like, hey, let's talk about this. She just continues to be a fucking bitch and said, tell me what happened right now. But Pharaoh listens. She does and she does it because she's being understanding. But that's also in my mind, I'm like, you're pandering and allowing her to be such a fucking bitch. But so like, like, think about it when you grow up in that environment, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've gotten really, maybe I'm going too far off the deep end in this entire episode, but like. When you grow up in an environment with someone like that, like you do, it's a coping mechanism to just learn how to deal with them instead of like setting boundaries and and mm. healthy mechanisms that can maintain your all's relationship. Like instead, she's just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you tell me to do because it's not worth the fight if I don't. Uh, I agree with that, and I I kind of get it because mm, I'm the youngest sister. Mm-hmm. And my middle sister, or whatever, she's, I consider my oldest sister, because, whatever. Yeah. Um, she's very, she's very much that personality where I, we just don't speak really anymore, because even when she seems like she's trying to be, like, very cool, it seems incredibly fake and forced, because, like, I think she's fighting her natural instinct to be a fucking psycho. No offense. Um... I did, there's just really no way to say that but she like I mean she's really brash and harsh and very cold person too mm-hmm. so I'm like oh I kind of get this where you're just like oh I see it I see the love or whatever but then like you step outside of it and you go I don't like that um and I'm I'm not gonna accept it but then you realize like if you don't then you don't have a relationship with that person mm-hmm. and I say that from it took me 30 something years to some my sister that I was like I literally refuse to have one more conversation with you if you do not apologize for hurting my feelings period like my family was always very much like I'm gonna be do something really fucked up to you and then we just act like it never happened like literally it's like it's um I mean, it's super fucked. Like, like you should just get over it. That already happened. It's in the past. It's emotionally jarring. Yeah. yeah. So you could have this thing where, like, you could chase me around with a butcher knife and Ooh. tell me you're gonna kill me. That's a, we're just playing around, Malia. Yeah. 
and it's then a joke. be like mm, but like you're being scary right now and then it's just yeah. like okay well hey we're gonna go eat are you good like you want to come eat and you're like I'm sorry. Did no one understand what just happened? Like <laughs> no one wants to talk about what just happened. Um, and there was like an aggressive amount of things of like that in my life. And there was just like, she did something one day when I was finally like to yeah. my point, I guess like obviously we talk about it in this job and just with our yeah. development where I was just like, you know what, this doesn't work for me anymore. Like I'm going to address the thing that's bothering me and we can either have a conversation about it or we cannot. But if we don't have a conversation about it, I'm not going to continue to talk to you about other stuff. Yeah. And since then, we truly just like barely talk. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with it. But that's the re- relationship you're choosing to have with her in order to protect your own peace. Yeah. Like, and that's okay. I think sometimes it's like you can love people from afar and you can love them as who they are and where they're at mm-hmm. and not let them into your life in the way that, yes. you know, allows them to sort of. That's been a very hard thing you. for it's me hard. to grasp. Yeah. Well, to understand. Um, how you do that without seeming like you're not giving people space to be themselves. Like there's this weird line where I'm still struggling where it's like, what is the right, like at what point do your feelings usurp or surpass my feelings? Or is there just a certain point we have to go, okay, well this is all I can control is me. And I can't, I don't Mm -hmm. know what you need or want, or even if it is like, I can't, I can't help you with that. So it's like, at what point do you go, Oh, I need to say I was wrong or I'm sorry. Or at what point do you go? You know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. struggling with where that line is yeah. in just general with the like, line in the sand or yeah. Where is the <laughs> line in the sand? And it's how do you, you emotionally draw like, do you draw the line with your, like with your sister and you say, okay, well I can't do this with you anymore. Or you love them so much that you go, I'm going to let you be who you are and I'm going to adapt. And as long as I'm emotionally okay with but you're still drawing the line in some way because you're pr- still protecting your peace in the conversations like she's giving in to just say it's not worth the argument I'm going to protect yeah. my own peace by not arguing like that's a choice right so True. the line is wherever you draw it it's like a conscious just, choice that I think that yeah. she's making and then that's the big difference is she's like okay I understand that my sister yeah. does care and that she's kind of just a bitch it's as long as you don't go into the victim thing of like oh like this person did this, this, and this. It's like they did, but at the same time, like you're choosing to stay in that relationship for whatever reason. So like it's not victim shaming or victim blaming. It's realizing the choice you have to leave a situation or to approach a situation differently. Mm. So like, yeah, um, well that, but it's not easy. It's never easy. Perspective is your reality. Yeah, It's different for everyone and every relationship and every situation. So that's hard. It's but all interesting, and honestly... Um, I would like to take this time, though. Please take it. Because I just came to this thought. I love that. Um, and there's a couple more things in this chapter I hope we have time to get to, but... You have plenty of time. Um, this thought I had about nature versus nurture... Uh-huh. I'm trying to see Stop. if you have if the, same highlighted thing the highlighted. the same thing we do. <laughs> Down here? The last paragraph, or the second to last paragraph? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I was 66. like... Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's the whole idea, and I don't think we have to answer it right now. I don't even know if there is an answer, but it's the nature versus nurture. So you have three sisters mm-hmm. who were all born into the same family with the same parents yep. who were all drastically different. Yep. And so it's like that whole nature versus nurture argument, like mm-hmm. are people who they are because it's who they are and that's how they were born and you can't change that? Or are they somehow shaped by their experiences and the way that they're brought up and nurtured and it's like I do 
I'm this isn't my answer. I think a lot of other really smarter, more smart people have said this before me, but it's like yeah. a mixture of both. It's yeah, like absolutely because your life experiences shape you, but not just your experiences, it's how you perceive those experiences and how that well, and how you learn to cope or yeah, but cope, it, how you learn to process Yeah, them. it's bringing back those the perception is your reality like like how you perceive those experiences is what ends up shaping you in addition to how you were raised. Like it's a mixture, obviously. Yeah. But I just think it's it's interesting to point out because Elaine, Nesta, and Feyre are so different. They are. And they're also so similar, but they're so different. But you have to remember that their realities were all, how they were nurtured was different too. For sure. Even though I still don't understand how they're so close in age. Because they're only like a couple of years apart. Yeah. And that's my understanding. Nesta and Farah are like three years apart, maybe. So their mother had them back to back to back. That sounds fucking miserable. No wonder she was a bitch. Well, I think a lot of women do that where they have kids all right in a row. Yes, my best friend. And yeah, but wouldn't you want (sighs) to, if you're going to have, if you're going to be pregnant multiple times, wouldn't you want to just get it done with? I just think I would never want to do it Then you don't have to have your body bouncing, like, from pregnancy to not being pregnant. That, to I mean, pregnancy that was her reasoning, pre- yes. Yeah, like, I, if I was going to have kids, I'd just want to be like, but let's do you get know this shit out of here. how much it sucks? I'm being pregnant? No. Well, being pe- but being impregnated a year, like, it's not, you have, you, they're a year apart. That means you had the baby. You had enough time. It takes like three months for your body to heal from that or to feel like, okay. I've read the Which means like you were banging again before you were even felt good or recovered. And then you got pregnant again. I think your doctor clears you for sex. I think you have to be cleared. Yeah, but I mean, everybody's different. But my point is it does, like I just can only go off what my friend says. And she just recently had her third kid. And she did say like she had her kids because she wanted to to get them all just kind of out of the way. But I'm like, that means you did that. You pushed out this kid got your body to some place where you could bang again within a couple of months so that then your next kid was born within 12 months. That's insane. Of the last kid. Like, they're not two years apart. Like, me and my sister are a year and 10 months apart. Which what is, is that called? Irish close. twins? Uh, when they're, I don't think a year and 10 months is. I think it, they have to, like, a year apart. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, like, so close together that they could yeah. practically be twins. Basically. Uh, That's wild to me. Either way, the whole point coming back to All that. All I've ever had is a cat, so... <laughs> All of that to say, I think that Nesta, it's its weird that they are so close in age. And I think if not a year apart, a year and a half-ish, like they're not very far off in age. But they make this, she makes this big deal about Nesta being raised by her mother specifically. And she was her mother's prodigy. I think the prodigy. mom just had favorites. I she think did, she really sure. just had favorites. For sure she did. But it leads me to go... Why couldn't she have just made them like two years apart each so that Nesta was a little bit older and Faye was a little bit younger? So it would have the gap would have made more sense. And like you're saying Sarah. Yeah. Not her mom. Correct. I was like, I no, don't. no, no. Why? Why could Sarah not have made that gap a little larger? So it would have made more sense. Like, you're well, isn't she a single? She's a um, she's from a single child household. Is she? I didn't think she had siblings. Which is why, uh, maybe that's why I think her sibling dynamic is a little bit off sometimes because she doesn't really have siblings. Oh, so it's very possible she didn't grow up with them. Yeah, knowing maybe you're right the complex dynamics there. Well, I just think if you're like, oh, Nessa was raised by her mom. Okay, well, if she's only two years older with you than you, then she only got two years more with her mom, and she was like your prodigy. 
Unless the mom just sort of brushed like they were off and which it was like let nannies like raise her which i mean it it does kind of seem like that and like it seemed like elaine you know we i think we get to the point where we see kind of the a flashback to the mom thing that might be in silver Flame. i think it, yes we do but i think even in this chapter we do because to to bring it back to 30 like because you even mention it in your summary like why does nesta hate th- the dad and everyone so much but like she has openly admitted that she was the closest child to their mom and she blames their father for their mom's death like that's true wholeheartedly blames him for her death and i think that 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 is what creates so much resentment in her heart and it's hard for her to love him and that's interesting to say because their mom was a by all intents and purposes and everything that we can see written was a terrible human being yeah but like that was her that was who took care of her like when you're that young you don't she groomed her yeah you don't see that stuff and um like you know i don't i don't remember which book this was in it again it might be in silver flame but like they were she, she has this flashback to her mom being like oh elaine like everybody wanted to marry elaine like ma- Elaine was really beautiful at like eleven, and they're mm-hmm. like, "No, somebody talks shit about somebody," and then Nessa's like, "I'm gonna show you up, and I'm gonna take this man at 14. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know what. I mean, I'm sure it is. I just I, don't know it, where it is. I know why. Now I can't remember. I was like, maybe I have this wrong. But but my point was is like, if that was the age that they were, where where they were trying to be married off, is like your mom is trying to like get you to this certain spot in life and you're 11 12 13 14 again Vera wasn't like that much far behind them she was like 10 yeah I think she just didn't care about her really like she just you know the youngest child just sort of faded okay the youngest child's always the best I know I'm not so I'm not making a blanket statement I'm just saying in you this are also situation, the youngest child yeah of two I was also the better child. <laughs> I am. The, I consider me the youngest child of two, but technically I do have an older half sister. But she's so much older than me that she wasn't in the house, yeah. so I don't really count her. I just my mom and dad always say that I'm their favorite daughter, and I'm like I'm your only daughter. Yeah. So, thanks. I wish my parents would say that, but oh, you're my favorite daughter. There's three of us, so then that would be terrible for them to say i was trying to fill your void <laughs> no, it's okay i'm definitely the better of the three okay it's like i a agree guarantee. yeah um <laughs> i'm not an narcissist at all um to to close the, the loop on nesta yeah, getting to this this uh, paragraph we both have Thank highlighted God. please read it it's okay. killing me um nesta and farah are like talking about you know talking about how he let her mom die yeah it's like they're talking about why nesta doesn't like their dad yeah and pharaoh reminds her like hey like you i mean she's like when i want to ask him if he remembers the years he almost let us starve to death and pharaoh's like girl you spent all my money that i earned too like i don't know why you're so upset and then this is when she sort of divulges and says i knew you could always get more which is great faith that is really good faith, though. Yeah, but that's fucked up. It is fucked up. Come I'm not on. saying it's not fucked up. I'm just saying that's like, wow, you really believed in her. And if you couldn't, then I wanted to see if he would ever try to do it himself instead of carving those bits of wood. If he would actually go out and fight for us. I couldn't take care of... This, is the, this sentence is the one I like the most. I couldn't take care of us not the way you did. 
I hated you for that. How vulnerable is that to admit? Mm, okay. Continue. But I hated him more and I still do. And I appreciate that you think that that's vulnerable where I think that's bitch. Like that's just. It is. No. I'm, she's everything about this. She's blaming literally everyone else. I wasn't going to. I didn't do anything. I mean, if you ever said there was a narcissist in anyone, this is the fucking statement of a narcissist. I didn't do anything because I was waiting to see what he would do. And he didn't do anything, so I hated him. And I know you could do it, and I hated you for that too. But, bitch, like, you could have gotten up and done anything, but you but chose a, The not vulnerability to. part, I think, isn't the choosing not to. I think it's her admitting fault that she realized that she couldn't take care of them in the way that Feyre could. And that she resented her for that because not because of Feyre's ability, but because of her lack of ability. And that's her but realizing her own ego. I, I, I agree with you. I think she's being a bitch. I do agree with no, you. No, no, no. What I don't agree with is that she says, I can't, I couldn't take care of you in the same way. But then again, I don't know. I guess it's because we just, I did just read Silver Flame too recently. I'm like, but she literally proves that she can. Yes. So it's never that she didn't have the ability. It's that she chose. Like you, see she didn't believe in her potential or ability to take care of the family the way Favor chose to take care of it. Correct. It wasn't. She did not have. It wasn't a belief, or it wasn't yes. her actual capability. It was a Correct. a mental choice to say, "I'm not doing that." But isn't a mental block also a disability? Mm, to no. It, you could say. Like, if someone doesn't believe they can do something. Like but they have the physical capability to do it. It means they physically can. They're just choosing not. No, it's a choice. It's for sure a choice. I'm not saying it's the right choice. I agree it's a choice. What I'm saying is that having the mindset that you can't do something, even though you physically can, is still... Um, it means that you can't for sure that I'm agreeing with that. Yeah. I do think that you're putting that blocker and you're putting a ceiling on yourself. Yes. Yeah, it's a roadblock. That does not mean putting... that you are not actually capable. Yes. I'm saying that it's still a roadblock to overcome yeah. for some people. And it takes her a really long fucking time. Yeah. But I think it's especially in the way that it comes out. Like it's not just like she kind of figures out how to like <laughs> she becomes an actual fucking warrior. Like get the it fuck takes out time it takes almost the whole book yeah but that's like after uh, i mean again spoiler alert but it doesn't matter we'll get there it that's after what a year of her fucking being a, a lush oh yeah you know what i mean no, like I, you're, you're yes. gonna have to come back from that uh, this is in, in no way me sticking up for lane please do not put me Nesta. in that bucket i mean sorry no, this is okay. in no way me sticking up for nesta no i i like that you're making the counterpoint because normally i feel like it'd be the other way around like let me play devil's advocate it's just that I think it just bothers me where I'm like, you physically could have, you have are more than capable, and there's nothing about her but you demeanor. Can't clap and back. You can't clap back at her like that. Like, she's not even open to hearing you. I just think it's important that she says, she admits, I hated you for that. That's the sentence I like. She's yeah. willing to admit, yeah, I didn't fucking I like you. I hated you, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't fucking like you, like you. But I would still take your stuff and use you. Yeah, but she didn't. That doesn't make me go, you're vulnerable. That makes me go, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> But that side of it, I'm saying that I hated you part is the vulnerable part. It is. I'm not saying that you're yeah. wrong. I do actually agree with you on that. I just think that everything behind it makes me go, mm, you suck so hard. Yeah. This sentence makes like it seem rocks. like she's growing and realizing, oh, I know my past faults. 
and I'm learning from them and growing from them. But she's, in reality, she doesn't. She's not learning or growing. She's just saying that's what happened. Because even up until this point, she's like a rocky, gravelly, straight to the point, cold-hearted. Literally, all the descriptors about her cold-hearted, high fey like doesn't care is i mean she loves so hard but in a way that i can't understand like mm -hmm. nothing about it is extremely soft or feminine she's it's all very masculine. hard masculine she's energy in that masculine which energy. i know you and i both just understand so well i'm grappling with it same same i looked at this um doctor the other day and said look i have a problem and he said what i said it's in my personality <laughs> can you fix it yeah, I was like, it's just uh, apparently just doused in masculine energy, which I don't know how to get out of. So can you make my face more feminine? And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, great. This sounds like a problem I have to deal with, which is me going, I just decided after again, this is going to be my positive note about Nesta. I was like, you know what? If this bitch can find some sexy, strong, hyper-masculine warrior to love her. Spoiler alert. Who's it gonna be? Then maybe I can too. He'll just have to not like women with strong bodies because I have a soft body. This is why I stand by my statement that it's okay for me to have masculine energy and... You can't high-five me because you're holding that home. We high five. On that they heard it. I just, I agree with no, that. I think it's okay for me to have masculine energy. I and do too. People are like, oh... You're not people feminine. there's one specific person who's like oh if you were more feminine like you would attract a partner and i'm like no <laughs> that's that's the problem is that i've never attracted someone to me that could out alpha me and i don't say alpha in the gross sense i don't say it in the high quality man bullshit mm. of that one guy who's been going oh off. my I god hate him let's so not talk i'm not even him. talking about his name because it's stupid <laughs> let's not talk about him i mean that like in this day and age, I don't have to rely on a man for to money for money. I don't food. Yeah, I don't have to rely on a man to uh, secure pays for lunch a lot. So yeah, but like <laughs> I don't have to rely on a man to like take care of me in the way that they used to. Like I can be more independent, and I think that that's super intimidating to the masculine energy type because the masculine energy type is to take care of. Yeah, and so it's like, a can I be more open to being taken care of? Yes, that's where I think that my masculine energy can drop and being open. But that also requires me to have the trust in someone that they can take care of me. And I have never in my life met someone outside of my parents that I know could take care of me. I know Malia could take oh, care of me. Oh, thank God. I was like, I can. We are the yeah. best travel partners I yeah. think I've ever had. We're so insane. Yeah, but it's like but I've never. I'll, I'll shorten my statement a little bit or solidified a little more i've never dated a man same <laughs> no i have <laughs> <laughs> i've never dated a man yeah that i trusted to like make the best choices be for the you. man in the relationship correct i oh it was always what how do we do this what do we do now i got it like i had to figure everything out all the time and it's not that i was being controlling though I can be, it wasn't that I was being controlling is that I was being forced to take control because if I didn't, things would go to shit. And it's not because I have high standards. It's not because I'm like too like particular. It's because the people I dated were incompetent and so overly mothered 
that oh they God. expected someone to fucking take care of them. And I'm like, this world has it fucking twisted. It's not my masculine energy's fault. It's your little... Yeah, we don't have to get in. Anyway, no, I'm wi- I, should we finish this chapter? I'm wish that, I mean, I think that's the end of the chapter. I think this is kind of just the end of it. In my I have mind. one last thing. Oh. Well, go I ahead. Just, no, I just want to agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you. That because makes me I've, feel validated. I've actually decided I don't think that we are the problem in the world. <laughs> I... I sit here and like, and I have a lot of friends who have uh, boy sons Mm -hmm. and I look at them and go, you're the reason Mm -hmm. that men are like this. Mm -hmm. So I obviously, I talk to my best friend often and go, please don't do this to our boy child because obviously I'm their aunt, godmother. I'm like, we have to make them like men who are accountable for themselves and like can think rationally. But also just to bring a point in uh, about these situations it's one of the things that I've noticed even with men in work is that if you have a goal and I say this because it literally happened today uh we were doing a photo shoot yesterday Mm -hmm. and I looked at something and I literally said do not do this and be really really hyper focused on this detail because if you do it wrong we're not going to be able to use anything Mm -hmm. I said it to three people and we got one photo we could use because all of the other photos were exactly what I said was going to happen if they did not pay attention to that detail. And two of the three people were men, and one of them was somebody who was training, and it was a woman, and she didn't feel like she had the authority to step up and say, hey, we need to reshoot that. And it's the second time I've had to say this to a, a woman because a man disregarded it. I said, if you know the end goal and the end outcome, do not let anyone stray you away from that because you feel they have more authority than you Mm -hmm. if you know the thing that is the end goal hasn't been done there is no world in which you cannot step up and say we did not get what we needed I don't give a fuck who was there or what was done and it's and I know the exact situation was very similar with another guy who was in charge a couple like a like three or four weeks ago Mm -hmm. And this other woman was in the same exact scenario and I had told her exactly what to do and he took over and changed everything and I walked out in the middle of it and I said, you knew the goal, don't let someone else change it. And I went to him and I said, this wasn't the goal and this wasn't what we discussed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those moments where you go, this is why I have to take control as a woman Mm -hmm. because like the goal and outcome wasn't being met. It's why I feel like I always have to like micromanage people in certain projects because... I know after not micromanaging them <laughs> and trying to let it, the reins and be like, I trust you, I believe in you, you can do this, and giving them super high directive, no, and then the outcome matter. isn't accomplished, and there's nothing you can do about it because the time has passed, yep. and you can't go back and change it or nope. reshoot it or whatever. Nope. And then you're like, this is why I micromanage, because we have, to quote Eminem, we have one shot, one opportunity. <laughs> Okay, and it's like get it done and get it done the right way the first time. Yeah, and to do that, you do have to speak up, but that can be really intimidating when someone, man, woman, dog, whatever, I don't fucking care what you identify as, if they come in and they're like, oh, well, we're gonna do it this way, and they speak with that conviction, or you feel like they have the authority authority, over you, and it's like, no, wait, be having the confidence, be like, no, wait, I know what we're supposed to do, and that's not it. This is the end goal. Have it's we like, got it? It's like I don't care if we change how we get there. As long as we get to the end goal, that's all that matters. Thousand percent. But that end goal hasn't been hit yet, so let's we right. gotta go back. But it's that moment where you go. That's the masculine energy. Yeah. 
and you that's go, fucked up. Okay, but it's not masculine energy. That's just saying like this isn't right and we need to do it a different way. And for some reason, like I, I don't know in what world it became masculine to be like, I know the right thing to do, or at least this is not the correct way to Because women are typically women or I, I shouldn't say women. Feminine energy, because men can also have feminine energy. Feminine energy typically yeah. is subservient. And that's why. I really think that is why. I don't think it, it pertains right, to right. male, woman, man. I think it anyone can be whatever all the time. Um, but let's, let's, I'm going to close out my last yeah, wrap it thing up, on this wrap chapter. Wrap it up, wrap it up. I love, I loved our little tangent there. Same, I did too. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up, and that's because it gets, it's going to get brought up in our next episode, if not by you, then by the me. Next episode. Um, and that's when Nesta talks about, obviously she's pissed about her dad, whatever, and letting how she blames her dad for her mother's death. Yep. And she says, he let her die. You would have gone to the, you, speaking to Farah, you would have gone to the ends of earth to save your high lord. And Farah just says, yes, I would have. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you on that. I'm not going to explain <sighs> why. Um, oh but I, it does get brought up in the next couple chapters. I love that. Pretty much the 34, we find out why. Oh my God. That's just know, a true statement. Hang on. Hang on. I know we keep saying this every time, but... When I said a few episodes ago it was the beginning of the beginning, we are now in it. We're, in We're the, the middle thick of it. Of it. The yeah. next chapter, it's hammer fucking time. Let's go. We learn so many things. So many things. Uh, it's going to be good. So thank you for listening. So glad you were here to deal with our mental breakdowns <laughs> and um, just emotional awakenings. They're not breakdowns. They're breakthroughs. Okay. And, yeah. A- awakenings. Spiritual awakenings. And... Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, but we are obviously not doing a lot on that right now. That feels personal mm. only because I'm taking it that way. Well, it only is personal because I, I just did make don't a have Facebook access to it. Or I made an Instagram post today, but I never posted it. Like I made the graphic. I was like, I just don't have access. So like, I can't do I it. I keep telling you we need to reset the password. We do. We Whatever. Do. Follow us on Book Market Podcast. I, I'm making the commitment to be more active <gasps> on there. Yeah. We also... Uh, Fun fact and fun change or fun update. We are now on uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. You can find us on um, Audible, actually. Mm-hmm. Way to go us. And yeah. that's Amazon, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're on all the platforms now. And I think I'm our only follower on Amazon Audible. So. Oh, my God. I need to get on there. I, I didn't even realize. That's so bad. <laughs> I think she dismissed the fact that I texted her and said, oh, my God, we're on Audible now because I put us on there specifically because i listened i was listening to all the sarah j moss stuff obviously on audible i have way too much of it and then it suggested this motherfucking podcast by two other people and i'm gonna say just it must be a great podcast way to go you (laughs) but obviously i'm never gonna listen to it and yes i'm being hateful i'm not hateful i'm just not gonna listen to it but i'm like if anybody's gonna like talk about the books it's gonna be us yeah and i want us to be up there suggested as well instead of yeah. them now it might be really good Not i might listen to it just taking to see their what it part is. of the pie we just also want some well, pie yeah i love pie i want i want i want that pie and i want to be on there i want my cake and i want to eat it too can we eat soup now yeah we're gonna Ugh. go eat some soup so yeah. you um follow us like us rate us review we're subscribe i know we're not like the best people and that's okay i think it's just knowing that we're working on becoming better people is what you should appreciate 
Uh, so we may say some things that you don't align with or agree with, but we are open to suggestions and feedback, nice feedback, and, you know, other perspectives. Yeah. Whether we respond well to it, not initially, isn't the point. It's eventually if it settles in and then we adopt it. For sure. So otherwise, right. uh, yeah, thanks. Good night. Bye. Good day. This is not mine. Oh my, oh my God. God. Don't touch my book. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.